Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. This is episode number 416 with Barry Price, How Empowerment is the Path to a Healthy Relationship. Yes. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm Sandy Weiner. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, where we believe it is never too late for love and that a woman of value naturally attracts the respect and rewards she deserves in life and in love. And speaking of women of value, my new book is available now on Amazon Kindle and paperback, and it's called Becoming a Woman of Value, How to Thrive in Life and Love. And if you're watching this on video, you can see the book right there over my shoulder. It's filled with personal stories, with client stories, with expert interviews, and it's divided into three pillars of core confidence and how you can show up, stand up, and speak up on your road to living a life where you step more fully into your value. And every week I share a tip from the book. This week's tip is choose love over fear. This was such a big eye-opener for me when I started doing this work that often we're motivated more from fear than from love. And so we'll go through our day and we'll say, oh, I'm not going to eat that ice cream because I'm afraid I'll get fat. Instead of saying, I am eating this delicious, nutritious food because I love my body. And so these little simple mindset shifts can make a huge difference both in your life and in your love life. So my challenge to you today is to go through your day and notice how many times you're making decisions from fear and try to shift them over to, I'm doing this because I love myself. Before I bring Barry on, I just want to tell you all about our fabulous Facebook group. It's called Your Last First Date. And it is for women over 40 who are either dating or in a relationship and want to do it more mindfully, more positively, and really go on their last first date. It is, uh, it's a group that's very highly monitored and we have strict guidelines so that we don't end up with people just venting and you know, saying awful things about dating and about men. This is a place for growth. And so if that's something you're interested in, we'd love to have you join us at your last first date on Facebook. And now for my guest, Barry Price. He is a relationship expert. He's trained by the renowned psychotherapist, Esther Perel, someone who I have tremendous respect for. He started his career by helping his single mom through her relationship ups and downs since he was eight years old. What a genius. <laughs> he brings empathy and a male perspective as he teaches women how to be empowered in relationships. And he's helped thousands of powerful women create healthy, empowered relationships. Welcome to the show, Barry. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm so excited to hear about your book. Congratulations. Becoming Thank a woman you. of value. I love that you're deepening the journey for people like you. I started out with a lot of stuff with dating and more and more discovered that it was about the woman's own growth into being the, this person of high self-worth. And I love, I think what you said was show up, stand up, speak up, right? I, I think that's fantastic, right? <laughs> Building awareness and deserving the courage to know that you can do the thing and then using your voice, right? To, for your needs, your wants, your boundaries, and this stuff. Anyway, 
I, I can't wait to read that. <laughs> you know, well, so thank you, Barry. Colleague. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Thank so, you. Fantastic. So where do, where do we want to start? By the way, genius is overstating it. I was just a kid who really loved his mom and wanted to see her happy. And I did the best I could, but I don't recommend necessarily going out and hiring an eight-year-old as a coach, <laughs> but uh, their heart sure is in it, but the, the skills and experience may not be there yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, let's talk about that. Um, because first of all, just, just evidenced in how you just started the show you already are reflecting, you're a good listener, you are empathic, you're aligning with me, you know how to build rapport. So these are some natural skills that you have that I'm sure that you had them from a very young age. This is not mm -hmm. just a simple eight-year-old, all eight-year-olds want to make their mothers happy. Most eight-year-olds want to make themselves happy. And uh, Good point. They want a cookie. <laughs> <laughs> they want a cookie and maybe some super superheroes and right. a couple of costumes with capes. And here you were wanting to make your mom happy. So had your father passed away? Were they divorced? Like, what was the story? No, no. I mean, as far as my mom was concerned, he passed away. But no, he hadn't passed away. Um, <laughs> he, they divorced when I was four. And probably for the best in terms of their paths. But unfortunately, you know, my mom who was this very powerful, vivacious woman, you know, smart, humorous, could own a room if she walked into it, you know, loved going out and being around people. She had all these attractive qualities and was successful, except when it came to men. She, she just had some unhealed stuff that would lead her into some bad choices, you know, the waiting by the phone for the wrong guy, the getting excited if the wrong guy was interested in her. And I just, I watched what that looked like kind of thing, you know, going through um, the roller coaster, the excitement before a date, the euphoria, uh, really fantasy in a way of jumping ahead if the date went well, and sometimes the massive letdown if the guy wasn't Prince Charming kind of thing, and, you know, a few long and middle-term relationships that I was through to sort of witness. So I like to say that I've been dating as a, a midlife woman for about 40 years, you know, because I've been, you know, I lived through the inside of what it's like on the Monday with the shades drawn and upset and the elation on a Friday, you know, I've seen it all. Uh, and then of course I'm a guy. So I also have some guy perspective. I was shy when I was in high school, all boys school, no skills with knowing how to communicate with women, no confidence with that. Uh, but yeah, I had developed some, some empathy and some ability to, to feel other people's feelings and, and really form rapport. And then in my twenties, like some people do, uh, I got fed up of feeling lonely and, and I kind of went, went ham, I think is what the, the millennials call. I'm 47. I'm a little older than I, I look sometimes, but <laughs> I think that's what the millennial term is. I went crazy with just like, I'm sick of being a 23 year old virgin who's never had a girlfriend. So I overcompensated. You know, I was a player who wouldn't commit in my 20s and now I've been settled down for, for 17 years with my wife. So I really had to grow up myself too from being a boy to a man. So it's been an interesting journey, 10 years doing this now, serving women who are powerful, but tend to lose their power just with men or relationships. You know, and so it's that last piece to, to kind of help them unlock, yeah. Well, it's a really interesting story. So you're watching your mom go through all the ups and downs. And in some ways, it sounds like you did a lot of what your mom did, where you also struggled. Um, Completely. So how were you able to help her in her dating? Like what, mm -hmm. what did you give her advice? Did you, 
you know. Oh, completely, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, I mean, look, I was just as curious about these things as she was. You know, she gets home from a date and even if it was 10 o'clock, if I were, was still awake, sitting at the kitchen table, there's no one else there to talk to about it. So I'm, you know, what was he like? Did he take you to a restaurant? Did he mention an ex-wife or, you know, was he, did he talk kindly about her? Or was he kind of mean? Like, just trying to figure it out. Do you think he'll call? Right? Do you want him to call? Uh, just the whole thing and every stage, right? Including, you know, I recently did a survey to, to my list, my podcast and my email list and, and the whole universe of sort of different things I got going on asking them what their current part of their journey was. Are they single or are in a relationship? But I've realized doing this, that oversimplifies it. The biggest portion of people who I found really were benefiting were saying, I'm single, but I'm focused less on where's my guy and more on, I want to heal, I want to work on me. So it wasn't saying I'm single and stay away from me, guys. It also wasn't saying I'm single and where's my guy. It was this healthy in between. I'm single, but I want to have better self-understanding of my pattern, how to do this in a healthier way. I want to grow through the process of dating and relationships. So I think that's what I love so much about this whole area is there's no better place. I was going to call it a crucible for self-growth. It doesn't have to be negative, but a place to really see who we are, who we've been, including our false self and who we can become and then through relationships with others. Yeah, I That's so agree answer. with you. No, it's, it's, there's so much truth to it. And I think it's, it's really important to put that out there because often people go out to date. And I've had many women come to me after speaking to other coaches and other so-called experts who focus on the externals. You know, it's um, you have to dress more sexy and grow your hair out and uh, flirt Hips better. And yeah. yeah, do the manipulation thing. And it works on the other end too with guys and pickup Absolutely. artists. And actually my son started learning about his own self-worth through pickup artists. He, mm. he saw some, some ways to build his own confidence, but not to do it in a manipulative mm -hmm. way. That's how he got into NLP yeah. and a whole bunch uh -huh. of other things that got him on the road to boundaries and, you know, really healthy self-worth. Self um, you know, also because he has a mom who's a who's a coach, but yes, but that's yeah, been part yeah. of part of Good my influence. own journey in um, coaching has been like I I started out coaching women to help them find love and realized that the part that I loved the most was helping them to find love within themselves first, mm -hmm. and that mm -hmm. was a part that was missing for so many people, even people who are powerful in the outside. So let let's talk about like what is your interest in coaching powerful women mm. you know the older i've gotten i think just meaning the the more present i've gotten with understanding um, myself and, and my life the more i've realized it's not about me you know this is very much about um being of service and, and what i'm naturally good at what I'm called to do who's drawn to me when I started as a coach I thought my path that I could share was I was shy and I learned to meet women I'll teach shy guys to be confident very quickly I didn't like the whole PUA it's called pickup artist the intention behind it is often manipulative not always but very often manipulative short-term tactics to get laid and it did not at all resonate with me 
But more importantly, I was trying to market to help guys and I had seven female customers within a month. I had clients, seven women were working with me and one guy and I was a coach for guys. So what was going on here? So beginning to just sort of pay attention and examine like how can I be of service? Where is my, my ability to make the greatest difference and impact? And it appears to be in that, you know, the, the ability to understand as so many women will say, they're like, I, I hear you talking. It's like, you get it. Or you'll say things that are what I'm going through or my experience, or you'll say something that's exactly what I was thinking before I shared it with you because I've lived in their skin a little bit, but I am a guy. So I can also kind of meld those two. It's, it's like, you know, if you want to go up the Amazon river into undiscovered country of men and relationships, you know, maybe you take an Amazonian who knows the, the river kind of thing up there with you. So I'm the guy guide kind of thing. Yeah. I think that's why that works. The Amazonian river coach. <laughs> A little bit, but to, to speak to your point of surface and deeper, at first uh, it really bothered me um, that I felt like I, I could see, I care so much about women really getting a full partner they deserve and being the full woman they can be. And I know what needs to happen to get there. And there are so many things there about self-acceptance, self-love, feeling safe expressing. But I knew that when I tried to speak about that up front, it wasn't the thing their minds were searching for, typically. Now, some people have done work in this and they're ready for that and they want to go deep. But for me to, to be in business, for me to serve more people, I needed to also talk about the daily challenge of each person's experience. Why isn't he calling me back? How do I get a date? You know, so some of those surface, surface things I look at now more as entry points. It's like these are entry points through the experience that you're having today, whoever's watching, listening. It's about me serving the experience you're having, giving you a solution that's actionable for you to help you today with what you're going through. And you may not know the deeper stuff that needs to happen for us to, to fix it long-term, but that's my job, right? It's not your job to already know that. It's my job to empower you to know that through our process. Yeah, it's interesting how when people come to a coach, they often think the problem is very different than what the problem is. Uh, so in your experience, what do, you, what do you see as the number one thing people come to you for? And what's the number one thing that you really help them with? Yeah, and I think it's a great distinction. You know, for a little while, I, I self-identified as a writer for a lot of my life. It's still kind of part of my communication core a little bit, even though I, I can certainly talk, as my wife would tell you. <laughs> but in, in terms of um, why they come to me, right? Like, I spent a little time tutoring. And I was really more life coaching kids and teens during that phase of my life as a writer that was making money on the side. And so I learned all about this idea of who am I serving, right? I had to, the, the parent cared about Jimmy's marks are not A+. Plus. But what Jimmy needed wasn't to keep rehearsing the chemistry textbook. Because Jimmy was distracted because he was discovering that there are girls in the world and at school, or that mom and dad are, are going to divorce, but they're not admitting it. And I can feel it in the household. So who cares about this stuff? I'm trying to, you know. So there's usually an inner thing and an outer thing, external, internal. You've, I'm sure you've experienced the same thing too. If we watch any good movie or read any good book, the hero or heroine has an 
external goal and an internal journey that has to happen. And I found it's exactly the same. So I have people come to me typically with what they perceive to be an external goal. Uh, I'm ready to finally meet a healthy full partner, right? I'm single, uh, the divorce is final, it's been seven years, I've done the, I'm ready. My kids are out of the house, I'm ready. Or I'm ready to get back out there. Sometimes it's this. Sometimes a parent has passed away and now it's my turn because I've been taking care of them. But it's a, now it's my chance to finally have the thing I haven't had. Sometimes it takes some pain to push us there, right? I just, I finally am done with this guy who's been toying with me for years. That's it, right? And that's the external part. Typically, the greatest change I can make is when that person understands I'm going to need to make some changes too in order to get there. So one of the first things we do, I don't know if your process is similar, probably is something like it. Who have I been for my results to be what they've been with men in relationships? And who do I want to be? Who am I at my best? Who am I when I'm healthiest? So if you're listening to this, you know, you might ask yourself, who have I been in my past relationships or who have I been in my failed dating approach? We hate the word failure, right? But if it's not working, it's not working. Who do I really need to be? Who am I when I'm not afraid I'll be rejected? Who am I when I'm not putting a wall up? Who am I when I'm not scared I'll be hurt again? Right? When I know I can trust myself to set boundaries. And who, who can I really be? Who's the empowered woman? And then the more that person can be that through the, you know, we can get deep into the tools, but there's lots of tools to do it. And then the external stuff comes into play. Great. Now here's ways you can go actually meet men. Here's how to flirt. Here's how, you know, things that people may need skill wise. The deeper change, the transformation is the most important by far, but it's the external that brings them in. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah. And I think also people think that the problem is different than the problem is. So I see, right. um, why do you think you haven't met that person yet? Uh, not enough, you know, not enough men out there. All men are broken, you know, right. <laughs> some, some external. It's an external, the men, my time, where I yes. live. I'm too busy, external. right, where I live. I live in the wrong place. Right. I have to move. Um, I had a woman come to me who is still married and she's un very unhappily married. And she said, I yes. don't want to leave the marriage until I know for sure that there's someone out there for <laughs> me because all men my age date women much yes. younger. Who's going to want someone like me? And oh my limiting God. Be limiting belief, yeah. right? <laughs> and, um, and she values safety and, and certainty above yes. all things. So she's trying to create a risk-free situation, right? So that's why she's sticking with the familiar. Look, yeah. What if I go to a, a really good tax accountant or you know somebody, I'm going there to look for the solution I wouldn't think of, right? I can tell them the surface level what I want, right? I'd like to save money on my tax exposure in my business, but how to get there, you know, that's where that's where a couple things have to happen. First, you have to believe it's possible, even if you don't know the way, or you're not going to go. If I, there is no way to save money on my tax, then I wouldn't even bother looking anyone up. So first you have to know that, that it's possible. So if, if you get one thing out of the whole time we talked today, check in with whether you still believe there's hope. I guarantee you part of you believes it or you would not be listening or watching this. You just wouldn't. 
So part of you believes it, but you may have other voices that are like, don't, it's risky, it can hurt, whatever. The second aspect is, okay, so if I actually believe it's possible, right, uh, do I believe in the, the person or the vehicle? Do they really know the way to do this? Can they actually help me? Is it a good accountant? Whatever. And then the third step typically is, do I trust myself? And that's actually where I see the most women. I talk to a lot of women who, who end up working with me. And I also talk to some who don't, sometimes because I don't think it's right, right fit, sometimes they're uncomfortable. The number one limiting reason I see people who are in the water, drowning, saying they don't want to drown, get thrown the, li the lifeline and not take it, is when they say, yes, I know this is for me. Yes, I know it will help me dot, 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 but, and everything that comes after the but is typically fear, dressed up as time excuses, but really it's usually I don't trust myself. I just have failed myself so many times that even if I join another gym, do another work nutrition program, another dating coach, another whatever, I think I'll fail. Or sometimes it's the opposite and there's still some arrogance, uh, which is really, again, fear, safety. I want control. I'm not going to, I'm I want to figure it out. I'll buy your book, right? And by the way, the book's a wonderful entry point for, for, for you. For people, who, for people who need, like me, I've been this guy. I want to investigate a lot before I feel fully trusting that this is the right thing, before I trust my gut fully. And I've gotten better with that. But read the book, for instance, Becoming a Woman of Value. I keep plugging your book. It's fine. I'm going to have a <laughs> book you. eventually too, so it's, I get it. <laughs> But I'm not plugging it to, to make you money, right? I mean, we don't know each other well. I really like you. We fit. We talked about it. And our value system is very aligned. And our heart comes from the right place, helping people. I say it so that they can really begin to identify by going deeper and experience of, yes, I, I think I need to go deeper with someone. Things like that book will help them become more willing to work with you or whoever really is the right person for them. And at a certain point, we have to have the humility to do that. The smarter we are, the harder it is. So you smart ones listening, you've tried fixing too many things yourselves with your own brain, and that's really good with math, but it's not great with love. You need an objective perspective. So it's time to let someone in. Right? Maybe let a coach in first, and then they can help you let a, a person in. That's my little speech. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good speech. And thanks for the plug. <laughs> and I'll plug your book when it comes out. But it's, not necessary, but I appreciate the offer. It's always necessary. It always helps. But, yeah. you know, it's interesting that you brought up the tax thing because I'm just in the process now of hiring a new accountant. And it's the exact same process. I spoke to a friend who had a horrible experience, ended up switching to this accountant, loves her but I have to know if it's a good fit for me. So yes. I schedule a conversation with her within, right. within minutes. She's finding opportunities for me to save money. And she says, send me the last three years of your taxes. I can maybe mm -hmm. find ways to amend it so you can get more money back. And now I'm like, yeah, let's try this person out. Now I'm not going right. to marry her. I'm going right. to try her. <laughs> That's right. So, so, you're going to date her. Yes, I'm going to yeah. date her. And, and I still had questions. So, you know, we, we don't trust just based on somebody else's opinion. We have to know that something works for us. Yes. And that goes for who you hire and it goes for who you date. You know, I mm -hmm. think, you know, everything in life, you know, who, who are you going to take a job with? Who are you going to let, you know, 
be your boss, be your coworker, be whatever. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah, but you do look for those ways that somebody sees things that you can't see. That's really That's right. why we hire people. Yeah. Uh, so I, yeah, I love that. And, and I think it's probably you, you tell me because it's your podcast and you, and you know your people. <laughs> but I think if you're listening to this or watching this, you've had the benefit now of hearing so many different people and experts and views and you're probably at some some level it's because you're searching for you know who's the right person who's the right fit i've noticed that people who are heavily into their intuitive and feeling based sometimes you could even call it impulsive right i go with my yeah let's try another one another one sometimes the challenge is you sign up for too many things you try it all you know it's like too much too much and you might just need to focus and go deep with a person instead of buying all the programs and books and listening to every podcast, you know. But then there's the opposite person who sometimes will hold back, hold back, hold back, hold back. And for that person, it's, you know, at what point are you going to just say, I need to let go of control, right? Because yes, you, you can probably do your own taxes and do your own dating. And, but it's not just about competence and can someone else do it better or not. Probably most of the time, the person who's made their career of it will do better. You would hope so, right? But it's more than that. It's how nice is it to actually feel supported, to receive support. The day you don't have to do your own taxes, what a relief, right? How wonderful to just have that off your plate and feel like you're receiving instead of doing, 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 doing. So I think it's the same in this area. I see it all the time with strong overperformer, high achiever women. You can do it all. That doesn't mean you, you want to do it all. Yes, totally agree. And I, I think that this is one of the big issues in people who have achieved a lot of success is the ability to receive. And it's also something really important in relationship is the ability to ask for help and to receive help. But before we go there, I want to talk to you about the difference between a powerful woman and an empowered woman. Ooh, I love it. This is good. It's <laughs> like one of those ones that'll stump a person. Yeah, you know, I've been I've been thinking about it, and one powerful woman I, I spoke with recently said to me, "The word empowered for me it is a double-edged sword because part of me associates that idea of if." If you need empowerment, does it mean that you're not powerful already? Does it mean you're weak? Right? And her self-identity, but I'm strong, so why would I need empowerment? I must already be powerful. So sometimes we can push against it. A lot of the, the women I talk to say things to me like, Barry, I, I love my mom, but I don't want to turn into her. And I'm afraid that part of me is becoming her, right? I see a lot of relationship styles with men, either you're, you are beginning to mimic your mother and horrified by it, even if the, it looks different, but the, the dynamic is similar, right? Like he might seem like he's more accomplished than your dad in some way. He might look different, but still it's I'm caretaking him or it's his needs over mine or I'm the mommy figure and he's, it can still look this way. Or we're in rebellion against it. Mom put her stuff second or didn't speak the truth and tolerated that. So I am going to be a tough, independent, no man will ever be this way with me, right? So it's, it's still not freedom, it's still not authenticity, because who I am is gonna be engineered completely as 
whatever you say, I say the opposite. Like, I won't be that. And there might be some qualities there that then were self-rejecting, right? Sometimes this idea of empowerment and power gets very uh, misconstrued. I see a lot of women come in who have, uh, you know, I believe we have two sides to our energy. I don't think it's gender specific in masculine feminine because men have both sides. Women have both sides, intuitive, logical, you know, driven, feeling empathic. But a lot of the time, if we've come from households where the feminine role model has seemed to be disempowered, whether it's done covertly and silently, right? Pretending, people pleasing, pretending things are fine while she's really not getting her deep needs met or openly not getting her needs met. It can lead us to believe, like so many clients who come to me, that being in a masculine energy side is the way to be powerful. So we can play dress up in one side of our nature. And so, so many women who come to me say, I, I want to be more balanced. But they think of the feminine as soft in a way that doesn't feel as powerful to them. My needs won't be met if I'm in that side. Then I'm the giver. Then I'll be taken advantage of. If I'm in the masculine, I'm the doer and the, hey, yeah, come on. And it's like, <laughs> well, there's nothing more powerful than an empowered feminine. So it's not about, powerful women to me isn't about being in the masculine energy. And it's not about reducing it as too many people will teach. Get out of your masculine. There's nothing wrong with having a very well-developed side there. We just want to make sure the other side's very well-developed as well. You don't want to have a big right arm, left arm and a small left, you know, like balance. Bring the power of the feminine up and be aware of how to call upon each at the right time. When do I want to be in my spontaneity versus my rigid planner and my attached goal versus discovering? And like, when am I in my creativity and imagination and in the moment versus in something where I'm more um, competitive and, you know, you want to have both sides. So to me, true empowerment is complete self-acceptance of all of our sides, including the parts we usually try to hide and reject, and fully developing both sides of our energy so that we can be in either side when it really serves us. That's really being powerful and empowered. But powerful women definitely encounter their own challenges when they don't have empowerment. So powerful women can struggle with having a feminine that's empowered and they can sometimes be in just masculine kind of side. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Thank you for that. Um, What's your experience I, I, been of that? I'm curious. Yeah, I, I think I, I, I'm pretty much aligned with that. I, I, what I find, I grew up in a home where the masculine was weaker than the feminine. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And, or that was the illusion anyway. <laughs> right, right. That was the storyline. Right. That was the storyline. My father suffered from bipolar disorder. Mm. He was depressed a lot. He had trouble mm. staying in a job. So there was this story that he was lazy and um, yeah. didn't try hard enough and he was too unfocused and he didn't yeah. go finish college, you know. So there was a lot of like negative, negative, negative. Right and not manly enough and right. you know there was some truth to it but some of it was out of his control and my mother was very driven um very much connected to her masculine energy yes yeah she had to. but and she had to be to to keep the house running and to survive and right. what no i realized right just right. gotta compete well feelings didn't 
happen in most of our houses. So what are feelings? When you feel something, just, you know, keep going. And so I had to learn how to, how to balance both because Mm -hmm. I think um, I never saw myself as a masculine energy person, Mm -hmm. but I realized that I, I was very much in my masculine and very masked and guarded. And I think most of us also are very guarded from you know our past experiences we misinterpret them so we walk around with this armor and that's extremely um off-putting and doesn't bring people closer to us so my journey has been to find my voice in a way that wasn't aggressive but was assertive um, to know that my masculine energy is really important in my work of running a business and getting things done and my feminine energy is important in my compassion and my empathy and my my warmth and and even in dating i will let a man know that i don't want to make all the plans like it's yeah. i yeah. do this all day long and it really helps me to have a partner at my side who yes. can take the lead but i didn't always know that so That's i think right. being able That's to right. articulate yeah. that and to do it in a warm way and to, in a connected way is is super important yeah a hundred percent you know that's that's been my experience um in all phases of my life for myself observing my mom with clients and and that takes the growth through that first phase of awareness which usually we need curiosity and and like getting out of our ego and like i'm willing to look in a mirror at myself like what's really going on here like and what part am i playing in this i had a client in toronto who went three years with no dates we did some work on this and the bank manager at the bank, she, she would take her company's profits to at the end of every week. The, the deposits asked her out that week. And he literally said to her, I said, I've wanted to ask you out for years. I said, but every time I, I see you, there's just, it's like, there's something like a force field, like just don't get in her way. She'll like, like a train that will run over you. Like she's just A to B, get the, you know, right. And so just by moving out of that energy a little bit and balancing it, you know, it immediately opened a door. If you're imbalanced, you're going to attract people who are imbalanced. So people who are massively in, we can call it yin yang if we don't want to make it gender-ish, right? But if you're massively in that masculine side of yourself, then you're going to attract kind of little boys, you know, who you're taking care of and you're kind of making the decisions and doing doing all of that not super sexy long term you know <laughs> no yeah and you know i used to get a lot of women who say they would say you know i'm attracting men who want a mommy and that's right that's right and so what they didn't realize is that by being in their masculine energy they were attracting men who who led with their feminine energy and who were looking to be taken care of Mm-hmm. And it's like that thing that turns you off the most, you are actually attracting. And so what would you suggest to women like that who, who are attracting men in their mask, in their feminine energy? Yeah, yeah. This is so great because I, I like kind of having a plan and throwing it out the window and just being in the moment, right? <laughs> like you asked me, it's like, do you have something you want to offer? I, I wanted to talk to you. I didn't, I don't have a specific thing to promote or do whatever. Um, and I also just like reaching more people. So now as, as we were talking, I'm like, you know, organically now we're talking about masculine and feminine. Uh, I think that, that I'll give a couple, um, 
resources that I'm going to mention, but then maybe just quickly give a, a tip here. So if I do have a training called Stop Being as Mommy, Why Powerful Women Attract Men Who Act Like Boys, I have another training called Date Men, Not Boys. Um, so if anyone's interested in getting those, they're like about an hour, hour and a half kind of video trainings. If you want those, you can email me, um, just email me directly, because I don't have a link set up for, for that or anything yet. Um, well, for a while more like, so it's been a couple of years since I've, I've sent that stuff out. Uh, Barry, B-A-R-R-Y, uh, at healthyempoweredrelationships.com, if you're interested in those. What I will share are the five M's to tell a man from kind of a, a more feminine side man or someone who feels like they're a boy, they're not developed. And, and I know a lot of the guys that are in that sensitive side are super appealing if we haven't felt like we've gotten compassion or empathy. So a lot of women who have moms that were over in the masculine side, didn't give a lot of compassion and love, are starved for it. So when a guy is sweet and attentive and nice and will do anything and all, and, right? It's like, oh, this is what I didn't get from my mom. It's like, so now I'm loving it from the guy. So you end up with these man bun kind of super spiritual drum circle dudes. <laughs> wonderful. And they're great for a minute, you know, not to like, you know, not all of those guys are totally imbalanced, but many are. And then it wears on you after time. So the five M's, just to kind of go quickly, let's see if I remember them. I haven't done this, this talk in a while. I've done it a lot of times though. So the five M's to tell a man from a boy, the first one is maturity. So maturity is more than just what we obviously think of. Yes, there's emotional maturity. Does he have emotional literacy? Does he know what he's feeling? Is he comfortable talking about his feelings? And does he know how to process his feelings? And not just through you, right? Does he have male support people to go through as well? Is he socially mature? Like what kind of dudes is he hanging out with, right? Are they boys or men? Uh, is he financially mature? Does he respect money? It's not just does he have it, does he have respect for money or does he treat it with disrespect? Is he spiritually mature, right? So there's aspects of maturity to look at. The second one is mission. The masculine does very, very well when it has a defined sense of purpose. Anyone who's ever been in a relationship with a guy who loses his job, can probably relate to what it does to a man's self-esteem, typically. So a man, and by the way, a job and a mission aren't always the same thing. Often boys have jobs that don't really align with anything meaningful to them. But the real reason a fireman or a guy in uniform is often so sexy, so attractive, it's also someone that seems to have a duty, a sense of something that matters to them. They'll run into a flaming building to do something that matters to them. It's not just that they look good in that outfit because those outfits, you know, fireman's outfits, like baggy as heck. You can see anything <laughs> right. anyway, right? So it's, like, it's what it represents. <laughs> it's this man has a sense of duty, obligation. He has a calling. So men need to have a mission. The third is masculine. We can get into the, the typical old masculine stuff, but it's not old toxic chauvinist masculine. But yes, it is the healthier versions of he knows what he wants to do. He's decisive. He's capable of taking action. He takes on challenges and doesn't avoid them, right? Then we have um, that he's uh, someone who knows who he is, right? So the, the M is myself. I know myself. I know what my values are. A man can say no to you with loving respect. I'm not going to do that, right? I can't do that. It's not who I am, right? As opposed to feeling threatened and getting upset at you or or being a people pleaser. People pleasers are boys. 
You don't want a people-pleasing puppy dog. He'll be fun at first because control is safety for you as a strong woman. And then you'll tire of it very quickly and he'll get passive aggressive. You don't want that. The final one is he makes you feel safe. Makes you feel safe depending on the, what the thing is for you. For some, it's physically. You want a guy who's strong. For some, it's emotionally or could be all of them, right? Financially, he's not gonna gamble our future away. Emotionally, meaning when he goes out, I don't wonder what he's up to and who he's with. So it makes me feel safe. So those are the five M's to tell a man from a boy. Those are super useful. And you can start to look at how much of my time am I spending in those five M traits versus you know, feeling like I can be in a sense of, typically in the feminine, we'll go into creativity, intuition, empathy, compassion, play, spontaneity, less result-driven, and less focused, but in the positive way. It's called expansive awareness. I can be aware that you know, that cushion is on the floor over there and it's driving me nuts while I'm trying to focus on this thing. And I need, that needs to go back where it's supposed to go because it's screaming at me over here. You know, but that ability to have multiplicity as opposed to a guy who could walk over dirty pizza boxes because he's just thinking about the thing he has to go do. Right. And it's not just about your home environment. It's just in all things, that ability to be expansive possibilities versus only one thing at a time. Right. So those are some kind of masculine feminine things. So you can tell a man from a boy and also just see where you're at masculine feminine wise. I'm trying to give it, give a lot, but it might be a fire hose. You might have to pause or re-listen to that, or you can <laughs> email me if you, you want. Yeah, these are great. And I, I think that it, it's, it's hard to find somebody who has all of these, you know, I, mm -hmm. I can speak for myself that I meet a lot of men who are emotionally very immature, and um, who don't have a mission who, you know, who, who don't take on challenges who really are just really stuck. Mm -hmm. and, and those guys um, are less challenging to you, right? I mean, yeah, a, it's, I'm not interested. it's an easier guy to date up front. Right. So it's a, there's a safety thing in it. It's comfortable. Like a woman uh, I was coaching once said, I picked my guy because he was lucky to have me. Like he was dating up to get me. So there's a position of leverage and power and control and safety and he won't abandon me. But he also ended up on the couch in a bathrobe while she earned a living from me. He's playing online yeah. poker or something, you know. It's, yeah, yeah. I know. mean, I married, I married somebody for safety, for, you know, that I wouldn't, yeah. I, you know, I thought I could guarantee my heart would never get broken and he would be safe for me. And right. it just doesn't work. You know, it doesn't work to just have safety or just yes. feel like you're in control, you know. And, and we learn honestly, it from, our, from the older generation too. Your parents, my parents, you know, that it was a more safety-based approach yes. to how you chose a partner yeah and the truth is that these men don't appeal to me at all anymore like i'm turned mm -hmm. off and repulsed by people who are who aren't going to offer me anything of value i mean honestly otherwise i'd, I'd rather be single than be with somebody who's mm -hmm. going to drain mm -hmm. my energy mm -hmm. and yeah. you know expect me to be a caretaker it's not mm -hmm. that's not for me <laughs> so is, does um, this come up in your book where in your book does that Kind of fit in um yeah i talk a lot about um i'm trying to think of where in the book but i do talk about how we need to you know balance the feminine and masculine how a lot of women don't create space for a man to show up um that's mm -hmm. another one yeah. that's one of the steps is I to agree. um you know to lean back 
instead of leaning in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, women tend to do everything. Like as soon as a man mm -hmm. doesn't mm -hmm. come through, they'll be the planner and they'll do everything and then they'll right. get resentful. And so yes. that's part of asking for what you want and seeing if that person can be effectively, right? In an yes. effective way. Yeah. Yes. Because otherwise we just gather evidence to reinforce our, our old wound belief. Men let you down. I had a client who couldn't even go through an experiment that we were doing uh, around her letting men open the door for her that week. Right. She is very accomplished. I mean, this wasn't about her being a dainty Southern belle or something. This was literally just about, I never receive, I don't trust anyone to give to me. I was like, let's start small. She said, I would get near the door and, and I'd flinch. Right. Does, he, does it look like he's going to, he's going to let me down. He's a moron. He's not going to, then it'll be awkward. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to take control <laughs> yet again, make sure it happens and protect the little girl in me that used to get hurt because daddy wasn't safe and reliable and solid and loving. He was out of control and undependable. And so there's deeper work to be done there, you know, yeah. completely. Yeah, it's, this is such important work. And obviously this conversation is the tip of the iceberg for the, the deep book. work that can be done. You get, get the get book. The, start, I mean, start, go deeper is all it ever is, right? Like I would invite whoever it is that's listening or watching. I wonder how many of your people listen versus watch. I'd be curious about that too. Much but more listeners than watch. I would think so. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. also, I liked to listen because I could also multitask and, it, and mm -hmm. I was hiding a little, it was safer for me because I liked to see <laughs> you, but you can't see me type thing. That's right. um, I just say like, what, what have you done up till now? What have you already done? Nothing changes if you just keep doing what you're doing. If all you've done up to now is listen, then you need to do more if you want anything different. If all you've done up till now is, you know, you've read a book or two, then yeah, read her book, but you probably need to go further than that too, right? Go further than that. Whatever it is you've already done, go a step further. That's, that would be my challenge to, to people listening today. You know? I like it. Go a step, go further. A step further. This is how we grow, ladies and gentlemen. It's uncomfortable. And there, there's no way to avoid risk. Yes, it'll be uncomfortable. And isn't that beautiful? <laughs> uh, discomfort is the best way to grow. That's all where all the good stuff happens. And I, yeah, I mean, we could talk about that for another episode. <laughs> dive, dive in or life will throw you in the water anyways. That's right? right. Dump, dump a bucket of water on you. Look at all these gems that we're going to have these quotables, tweetables. <laughs> right? <laughs> Uh, so this has been awesome, Barry. It's it's Fine. really wonderful to get to know you and to hear what you have to share because it's it's just really really important information mm. for people to hear. I hope mm. they go check you out. And um, it, what's the best me. website? You've given a couple of of resources. Yeah, I think the the best thing for if they want to hear uh, the daily podcast I do, it's called Her Healthy Empowered Relationships. That's that's everywhere. If you want um, to specifically listen to, I have a, an audio gift that I've given before. I'll offer it here as well. You can go to uh, datemennotboys.com slash free gift, datemennotboys.com slash free gift. And it's, it's an audio, it's about 30, 40 minute audio that will go through the three keys to having a healthy, empowered relationship with a man, not a boy. So if that's of interest to you, you can check that out as well. But definitely, okay. you know, go deeper with, uh, with the becoming a woman of value. Because <laughs> we, ch we chatted for a little while, and, and I really believe in, in what you're up to. So. Thank you, Barry, and you as well. And uh, all this will be in the show notes. 
thank you for the work you do for coming on my show and sharing some of your wisdom and for helping Absolutely. women. And uh, thank you everybody for listening today. And if you love our show, please rate and review us. It means a lot to the, the amount of listeners we get and how many people can share in this important work. And we hope you go on your last first date very, very soon.